Welcome back to uh, Mavs Outsider Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. I uh, wanted to do this podcast because this is ultimately the podcast I've been waiting to do. Um, you know, because we're, we're in September now. Today's the 1st of September. And um, I'm doing this on uh, Thursday evening, um, the 1st of September. But I, I wanted to wait, obviously, to do my standing predictions for... Donovan Mitchell to be traded. I knew he was going to be traded. Uh, Utah wants to be bad. It was pretty obvious. Um, they weren't really secretive about it, so I just knew it was going to happen. We all knew. I'm not saying I'm like a, I know everything, whatever. Everybody knew. Sorry. But um, I wanted to wait to do the pod for the standings for him to be traded because his ultimately where Mitchell goes, it is going to affect where you know, the team that receives him, you know, where I picked them. And, you know, obviously today the news came out that Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers of all teams. Um, you know, everybody was expecting New York. But uh, basically, in return for Mitchell, Cleveland gives them Colin Sexton, who they really didn't want. Um, you know, they obviously they were – weren't in a hurry to sign him. Um, you know, obviously Dallas had an eye on him. And they gave him Lowry Marketing. Um, you know, Marketing was the guy who sort of um, kind of held on to. Um, the the Marketing was in the same situation that basically Colin Sexton was. This year, you know, Markkinen was last year, and obviously he was eventually traded from Chicago to Cleveland. And now he's being traded from Cleveland to Utah. Now, Utah's saying they're going to keep Colin Sexton, and I, I sort of, I think they kind of have to because it was a, a sign-and-trade type situation. So I think they have to keep, I, I don't know the rules. The rules are very sort of sketchy, not sketchy, but they're a little complicated sometimes because I know there's sometimes when you sign extensions, you can't be traded for like a year. Sometimes if you're signed in the off season, you can't be traded for six months, things like that. So I, I they do say that they plan on keeping Sexton. Now marketing, um, they'll probably keep Lowry marketing. I, I don't foresee there being a huge trade market for him. Uh, maybe at the trade deadline, I I don't know. I, I Utah, and I'll get to Cleveland here in a minute. Um, but as far as Utah goes, you know they still have a decent team. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know I, I have. I'm obviously you know to give us somewhat of a preview of my Western Conference standings. You know it, it's pretty obvious that Houston. Oklahoma City and San Antonio are not making the playoffs, right? That's not a secret. Um, Houston's the only one that's really trying. But even then, I don't think they're good enough to make it. They're doing a good job putting a team together as far as rebuilding, but they're just too young. They, they don't have the team to compete with the other teams in the West. They just don't. But, like I said, I, I'm not. it's not knocking on Houston. They're doing it, like I said, they're doing a really good job rebuilding. I think they've made some wise draft decisions and stuff like that. So I'm not knocking them. They're just sometimes you're just too young to compete. And Oklahoma City's the same thing. Chet's not going to play. 
they're just not really going to compete. Um, San Antonio traded um, Dejounte Murray to Atlanta. They obviously they're obviously trying to be bad. Um, they're rebuilding, uh, which is about time. They should have San Antonio should have rebuilt it a long time ago. I, I thought they could have gotten something good for. Um, What's his name? The the guy that went to Chicago, but I, I for whatever reason I felt like they just waited a little too long to rebuild, and obviously they finally, you know, traded Dejounte Murray to Atlanta. So San Antonio is going to be bad now. Utah, I feel like is going to be better than those three teams right now. Uh, Colin Sexton is a good player. Uh, he. Average close to 20 points. It wasn't quite 20, I don't think, but he averaged close to 20 points. It might have even been 20, but he averaged close to 20 points last year before getting hurt. The year before that, obviously, he's he's known for scoring. He's not really a pass-first guard. He's more of a score-first guard. Uh, they still have Mike Conley. They still have Bogdanovich. They have marketing And they have Clarkson. And those are some pretty good players. They're not, like I said, they're not going to make the playoffs with that team. But they're not as bad as those other three. To me, they would. They're around. They're probably the fourth worst team in the West at this point. So if they're really trying to be bad, I, I feel like there's still some trades that they are going to make. Uh, I don't know. The I don't know who would. Like Bogdanovich, for instance, I, I wish Dallas would get in on that. I do not, like I've said it before, I'm, I'm just not interested in Mike Conley. I don't think he's what Dallas needs. I, I I think he's too old. He's been in the league a really long time. I, I liked Mike Conley several years ago. I'm, I'm not a huge Conley person now. And I, I just don't think he's what Dallas needs. Clarkson. He'd be a decent player to come off the bench and score for you. Uh, but I, I don't know. Clarkson's sort of up in the air. I'm not sure how I feel about him. But obviously he, he's a good sixth man per se. Uh, Bogdanovich, though, is the guy that I, I'd really like to have because I, I think Bogdanovich can do it all. Bogdanovich can score and he can defend. So Clarkson's not that great of a defender. But Bogdanovich can defend and like I said, he's big. He could play four or stretch five if you wanted to go real small. I mean, he's like six eight or six ten or something. So he, he's not exactly small, but I, I just think he's what Dallas needs right now. I, I think he'd fit perfect on this team. I, if if Dallas, I bet you, if Dallas offered Bertans and a first round pick, they would take it. They would take it just to get the first round pick. Uh they, they want to be bad. Bogdanovich makes them good. Bertans would make them worse than what they have with uh, Bogdanovich. I, I know you, when you look at how do you get a good player for a bad one, that's how you do it is you look for a team that's trying to be bad. Utah's trying to be bad. So you offer them a player that's not as good for a player that's better. But you have to give them something for it, and they want picks. So you give them your first-round pick for 2025. Your 2025 first-round pick is going to be 28, right? You're not picking fourth. <laughs> you know, you're going to pick at the very end of the round. 
And so you if you can get Bogdanovich, I, I just think that's the guy they need to go after, and I'd be willing to bet that they could get him. Now, as far as other players, people have brought up, and I know I've got a little sidetrack from the, the trade, but I'll get back on it here in a second. But as long but uh, as long as I'm talking Mavs for a sec, the um, Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, um, I think Dennis Schroeder was an actor. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, um, obviously he's a guy that people talk about with Dallas. I, I would love to get Schroeder. I just don't think he's willing to take the minimum, and that's really all Dallas has to offer. Dallas doesn't have anything. Um, and I had brought up in my last part about Carmelo or Dennis Smith Jr., but I, I think another guy who's available is Eric Bledsoe. I, I didn't see him sign anywhere, and I could be wrong, but I thought he was waived by the Clippers and or released or bought out. But I'd be willing to take... I would love to have Bledsoe for a minimum if you could get him for that. You know, he... Um, he's he's a guy that people didn't like at twenty million a year, but if you can get him for a million a year, I, I think you got a player. So that's just another guy I wanted to bring up. But anyhow, like I said, Utah right now they're probably fourth worst currently. Um, they they they've gotten worse with the trades of Gobert and Mitchell, but they're still not bad enough. I think they're going to be fifth worst in the league probably. Um, Indiana is the other team I think is going to be bad. I think they're really trying to be bad. So Indiana, to me, is the other team that's going to be probably on the equal footing as Utah. But the other team, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, you know, I, I thought this was a fantastic trade for them. Uh, Colin Sexton is a guy that they had success. Like, they had success last year without Colin Sexton, right? So you didn't really need him to be successful this next year. You just needed to get experience, and you got experience, right? Um, so basically trading Colin Sexton really didn't affect sort of the progress you had already made from last year. Uh, Marketing obviously is a good player, but you've got, you've got a lot of bigs on that team already. You know, you've got Jared Allen and uh, Evan Mobley. You know, Kevin Love comes off your bench, and he's – played really well last year on that bench role. So having a big like marketing wasn't really that necessary. Um, and I, I just think adding Donovan Mitchell to that team was a fantastic move. Uh, one of the things people talk about now is sort of the defense they're going to have in the backcourt or lack thereof. Uh, you know, I get it. Uh, him and Conley weren't Mitchell and Conley weren't that good defensively, obviously, um, backcourt-wise. Now, the difference, one of the things, one of the things I, I'll say is there, there is a difference between regular season defense and playoff defense. Now, during the regular season, you can get away with a lot because, obviously, you're playing, sometimes you're playing bad teams. Uh, some nights you're playing good teams and there's injuries and stuff, and, and, you know, the scouting and the game planning isn't the same. So you can get away with a, a poor defensive backcourt in the regular season. Um, that That's just something that, you know, Utah got away with for a while. And I think Cleveland will be fine. 
in the regular season. Now, when the postseason comes along, one thing I will say is that I think with Mobley and Jared Allen in the back, you know, defending the rim, it's it sort of helps the fact that, you know, like Mitchell played with Gobert. Well, it was only Gobert. Well, now Mitchell's playing with Mobley and Jared Allen. So it's it's one of those things where he's got two guys back there now. Uh, they're, they're not like atrocious defensive players. Obviously, the NBA makes it difficult for anyone to play defense now. You can't touch anyone. So it, it's it's one of those things where I think they'll be fine. And now Mitchell being with Cleveland, obviously I'm going to have to really look and see where I think you know Cleveland ends up. I'm not 100% sure where I'm going to put Cleveland right now. I was obviously going to have them in the playoffs because you know the way they played last year, they sort of they did sort of peter out in the end. Um, they didn't have a strong finish. Them and the Bulls sort of kind of fell off towards the end of the year. But I, I think this this move they made is is a huge difference maker. Um, obviously, Evan Mobley is not is going to be in his second year, so he's not a rookie anymore. Um, I think. You know, I, sometimes I think I overrate Mobley, but I, I just think he's going to be a superstar at some point, and I, I think he's a fantastic player. So uh, Cleveland's only going to be better than they were last year. I, I, I don't see any reason for them to have a worse record. I, I think their record's going to be, I don't want to say like significantly better because they already had a pretty good record last year, but I, I think they could get to the 50-plus win. So I, I'll have to sit down, and that's what one of the things I'm going to do um, my next pod, uh, you know, it is September. I said I wanted to come out in September and give my standings, but I wanted to wait for the Mitchell trade. So uh, here in the next several days, I'm going to get, you know, sit down and I'm going to put together my East and West predictions uh, where I'm going to, where I think they're going to finish. I think last year I did it all in one pod. I think this year I'm going to spend, I'm going to do two pods. I'm going to do one for the East, one for the West, and that way I can spend a little bit more time on each conference without making the pods go too long. I know some people sort of get worn out once they get so long, but uh, I'm going to do that. So my next pod is I'll probably do the Eastern Conference standings first, and I'll save the Western for last since um, I'm obviously a Mavs pod, and, and we'll talk about the Mavs, but... Uh, the uh, anyhow that they it finally happened and I, I think it's great for Cleveland. I know Knicks fans really wanted Mitchell. Uh, today Nick fans are coming out saying they really didn't want him. They were just you know they that wasn't real. They were people you know were exaggerating, but no, they really thought they could get Mitchell. And I just you know I feel I mean I, I feel really bad for Brunson. I, I think he just took some bad advice and. It's it's tough because I sort of feel like April's going to be rolling around and he's going to be sitting at home. And I, I think Dallas has a real chance to make another playoff run. I think they have a quality team. I think people underrate their team. And one of the stories that came out was that somebody, I, I don't know if it was executives or the people at ESPN, or I can't remember the story, but someone had said that Dallas had the worst, they voted Dallas as having the worst offseason. And I, I just think that goes to show that people who do these, you know, polls or whatever, they don't watch the actual basketball games. You know, Dallas's biggest weakness, Dallas's weakness wasn't Brunson 
and they needed Brunson to take the ball. That's to me. That's not Dallas. Dallas's weakness was they had no size, and the fact that they were able to bring in a guy like Christian Wood who can do what Dwight Powell does, except he can rebound and he can block shots. Yeah, I know he's not a great defender, but guess what? Neither is Powell. But he can rebound. He can block shots. He can pick and roll. He can shoot, and. They also brought in JaVale McGee, who can can defend, he can rebound, he can do lobs, and they have size now. And that was, to me, that was their biggest problem against Golden State was lack of size. They had no size. Dallas doesn't have a problem scoring. Dallas can always find, like, for me, Spencer Dinwiddie can start and fill that Brunson role no problem, right? Now, obviously, you need somebody to fill in that Dinwiddie role. Because I thought Dinwiddie coming off the bench was key in what the Mavericks did. And that's where, you know, Dennis Schroeder would really help them. Like I said, if you could get him for the minimum. But I, I think Eric Bledsoe could do a really good job coming off the bench for the Mavs. Um, you don't need him to score a lot. But I, I think Bledsoe's a guy who you could get 10 points a game from. And he can handle the ball. Plus, he's a fantastic defender. That's one thing Bledsoe is known for. For all the struggles he's had on offense in the last several years, he has not struggled on defense. It's kind of like what I talk about with Josh Green. With all the struggles he's had on the offensive part of the ball to start his career, one thing he's never struggled with was defense. He always has been a good defender, and so is Bledsoe. So, uh, you know, even, like I said, if you could get Dennis Smith, just someone to take that Dinwiddie role. You don't need a guy to average more than 10 to 15, 10 to 12 points a game, right? You just need somebody. Now, Nilakina is a guy who can handle the ball off the bench. The problem is, is Nilakina is more of a distributor. He's not going to score a lot of points. Obviously, his defense is something that we covet as Mavs fans, you know, because he, he defended fantastic in the playoffs last year. I, I thought he was huge for Dallas last year. He can shoot. He shoots the three well. So I, I just think replacing Dinwiddie on the bench is more of what you needed than replacing Brunson as a starter because I think you already had Brunson's replacement as a starter when you made that Dinwiddie trade. So I think I, to say Dallas had the worst offseason to me was pretty dumb. It, it, it just goes to show you people who do watch basketball and don't watch basketball. Because for me, I look at – I mean, I look at Golden State. They lost two guys that contributed to their playoff run, and Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton. And the second, and all they have to show for it is what DiVincenzo. I mean, I, they're going to get Wiseman back. I yeah, that's great. But how many games is he going to play? You don't know if he's going to play the full season. You have no idea. So, if you ask me. The only thing Golden State has to look forward to is Clay Thompson having a healthy offseason. You know, having a healthy offseason is pretty big after having the injuries that he went through. And so Clay Thompson will probably be a better player next year than he was this past year. And that's probably what one of the things they're banking on. They're also banking on Moody and Kaminga improving as players. So, um, but even like a team like the Lakers, what have the Lakers done? Lakers have done absolutely nothing. They lost guy they lost probably their second best player to sacramento malik monk and i know that sounds funny but their second best player last year was probably malik monk you know and they lost him and who do they have to show for it lonnie walker 
And now they made that trade for Patrick Beverly, which happened after I did my last pod and I haven't got to talk about. But one of the things I found funny is that, for one, they, they've already come out with the story saying that Westbrook's probably not going to get traded. So their backcourt is going to be Beverly and Westbrook. And supposedly they've talked, you know, because that was the one thing people wanted to see because we all know Westbrook and Beverly have had their differences. And supposedly they've talked, but I'm sorry, but the Lakers, I mean, they traded Taylor Horton Tucker, who a lot of people were disappointed in, but they traded him for Patrick Beverly, who's not exactly getting younger for one, and he's not the player that he used to be. And I just, to me, that's another team that's just had an awful offseason. And how you can say the Mavs had an, at least the Mavs brought in two players who can play basketball. And I just, for me, Patrick Beverly is a guy, if you think he's going to come in and save your team, you're delusional. If you haven't watched basketball in the last few years, Patrick Beverly is not the same player. And even when he was a fantastic you know, defender, he still has been cooked by certain. Like, when I watch him try to defend Luka, it's funny. They, Luka... If you go back and watch those Clippers series, they pretty much have to take Beverly out of the game. He can't defend Luka. And Chris Paul was another one, like they talked about, you know, because he was went on the Chris Paul tour of knocking Chris Paul or whatever. And it's like Chris Paul's been killing him for years. So I just bringing in Patrick Beverly, and you think that's going to say that's I to me. If you're going to ask me who had the worst offseason, I'd say it was the Lakers. I know that San Antonio tried to get bad, so saying they had a terrible offseason, I guess, is sort of like shooting fish in a barrel. Obviously, they had a bad offseason, but if you're rebuilding, it's a good offseason, right? There's a whole heck of a lot more teams that had a, a worse offseason than Dallas. So stuff like that, it just... I'm just going to laugh when Dallas comes out and they just start winning a bunch of games. And people are like, oh, who saw this coming? I'm like, well, we all saw, all of us Mavs fans saw it, all us Mavs fans who knew that what we had, what we lacked is what we got in the offseason, you know? So that's just, it's just one of those things that is a little annoying. Um, another thing was uh, Slovenia played Lithuania today. In the start of Euro, the Euro basketball uh, tournament, uh, Slovenia got the win. And one of the things that I saw in this game that I, I would really like to see Luca do in the NBA during a game is he was posting up this guy. Um, I, I don't think the guy was an NBA player, but he was posting the guy up and he did a spin move and dunked it. And I, I just wish he would bring that to. Uh, bring that move to the to the season next year so i'm eager to see that but uh yeah i I think you know watching luca he's pretty he's sort of the uh been working on a new move supposedly i don't know what it is i don't know if we've seen it or not some people say it's not the hook shot i don't think he's gonna really do that in a game unless he gets fouled but uh, or thinks he gets fouled, but uh, I wonder if it's that post move he did with the spin. I, I really would, uh, 
I would I would really like to see that. Uh, so, uh, other than that, I, I think that's pretty much it for the the news. Um, you know, the the two trades, the Beverly trade and the Mitchell trade. I think were the only two trades that really went down. Uh, you know, there's still, like I said, there's still a, a lot of free agents out there that Dallas could get for the minimum. I do wonder if in the next few days what kind of moves the Jazz might make. Because like I said, I, I think Utah was waiting to make the Mitchell trade before they were willing to trade Conley and Clarkson and Bogdanovich. I think they were looking... Because I, I think... If worse came to worse and they had to keep Mitchell, they still wanted to have a competitive team around him. Um, I don't think they wanted like this toxic environment, but I think the fact that he has been traded, I think you will might you might see a couple of these guys get traded in the next few weeks because training camps do come up. I, I think right after the Euro tournament ends, I do think the training camp begins. If it doesn't, I, it might even overlap. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, the training camp starts here really quick because the Mavs' first preseason, I want to say the first preseason game period is either the, I want to say the last day of the month or um, let me see if I can see real quick. Let me see if I can find that because I, I think... I don't want. To, I, I want to say kind of the fifth, but I want to say that was the Mavs' first um, preseason game. But yeah, nine thirty is uh, so September thirtieth is the first preseason game, and it will be Golden State versus um, Washington Wizards, and then the Clippers play that same night. They're playing a a foreign team. Uh, I don't know what team, but you know how they bring in the Euro teams to play. But, yeah, those are the first few games that I think, I want to say Dallas plays the 5th. Yeah, they play Oklahoma City on the 5th of October. So we're about one month away before the first, we're less than a month away before the first preseason game and then a little over a month away from the first mass preseason game. So, like I said, uh, the next pod I do, it will be, the predictions for the Eastern Conference. And then after that, I will do my predictions for the West. And probably after that, I will do a pod predicting who I think will win the awards, who I think will win maybe Coach of the Year, MVP, Most Improved. The Most Improved will be sort of difficult but I, I think I have a guy in mind who it's gonna be and it's it's and it's gonna be based on what they did last year because I, I think they really blew it last year with that award and so I, I'm gonna make my pick based on what they did last year but I, I'll probably do my awards uh, pod after the I do the Western Conference standings predictions and then after that we should be into training camp. And basically preseason, and then I'll start doing pods to... I'll even do a pod breaking down the preseason game because in preseason, you know, you will get to see guys play. Uh, teams only bring in 20 guys. Uh, 15 are usually guaranteed contracts. Now, Dallas has 14 guaranteed contracts, 
and they've only given away one two-way player contract to Tyler Dorsey. And so they do have one two-way player contract, and I think they've invited three players so far to come and play with their pre on their preseason to their camp and stuff or their their training camp and stuff. So I uh, I'll go ahead and end the pod there. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm excited that this trade finally happened, and we I feel like we can move on with next season now. Uh, obviously, I, I don't remember if I brought it up. Uh, Kevin Durant has decided he's going to stay. I knew he was going to stay because they were asking way too much for him. I know he's Kevin Durant, but I, at the end of the day, he's aging. He's not a guy you're going to have for a really long time. So that was a guy who you couldn't give up too many young pieces because he's only got a few more years left in the league. So I knew he was going to stay, and they did reconcile, so he is staying. But uh, um, but like I said, now we can start with the uh, next season, and that's what we'll do next time. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. But if you could rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast, I really appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you later.